As the pandemic grinds on, I find myself unseasonably emotional about things like newborns and weddings, like some kind of weepy grandpa. Any good thing to latch on to in these twilight years, I guess. I feel that way about my old friend's brand new album. Como Vivir en el Campo, How to Live in the Countryside, is the band's name. They are a Madrid-based rock trio, and that song you just heard is Starry Bell, the first track from their new LP. Their drummer is Carlos Barros, who has been both friend and family to me over the years, and introduced me to many things, not least the nearly inexhaustible pleasures of Julio Iglesias' album, Hey. Carlos talked to me from a village in Aragon, Spain, about the process of making the album, about how they were aided by the great global collective creative subconscious. You'll see. Also in this episode, a conversation with American artist Aaron Firestein in Bogota about what the U.S. can learn from Colombia. And I will have a bit of good news about the trip podcast, this very podcast, at the end of the episode. This is Nathan Thornburg, and from Roads and Kingdoms, you're listening to The Trip, The World on Lockdown. Now, here is Carlos and I trying to clap simultaneously to sync our sound. One, two, three. Hmm. It's not quite, you know, for a drummer, that was very poor <laughs> on my side. Well, that just means the fault is mine, because uh, oh, okay. I am the non-drummer. I guess. Yeah, okay. Fuck, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, you have a new album out. Yes. Are you sure we do, actually? It just came out today, Sunday, on Friday. Last Friday. I know. I'm very excited about this. I just started listening to it. And it's it's comforting. It's the same sound. You don't have like a new pandemic sound. It's it's the same sort of dreamy, slightly hallucinatory rock sound that you've that right. you've always had. What you just said, that dreamy sound, you know, like it's very like uh, organic and and the reverb and it's sort of like you know has that positive vibe, the guitar sound and and sort of like ties like everything together, you know. Why did you release an album in the middle of a pandemic? And what sure. is what is well, that like? <laughs> well, the album was, it, it should have been like released last year, actually. We um, put ourselves in these situations by releasing it on vinyl, that sometimes it's nev- things don't happen when you like want to, you know, like there's this, like long list, um, waiting list, you know, and things like that. So the whole thing got delayed. And right when we were going to release it, all this thing, all this happened. But at the same time, you have to make these decisions about at least in Spain and at least in like the, the, uh, the scene we move. You don't want to do it too early or not too soon, you know, like before the year ends so you can make it to the year's best list and things like that. Just as soon as we, could, we thought it was possible to do it, yeah. you know, people are starting playing shows here. And people stuff, are so. playing shows. Yeah, yeah, small small shows, small venues, less people, but at least things are happening, you know. We're in a label, a small label, and they also have, like, you know, uh, their own schedule, you know, and they have all these albums that they have to release by the year and all, all of that. So I guess we we fell into, you know, that, that timing because of that, you know. So why did you release it on vinyl? Have you done that with all your albums? Oh, we all, yeah, we've done that in all our vinyls. Actually, the first album... It was only released in vinyl. 
Only vinyl. And we, what, yeah, only vinyl. What we did is, <laughs> is instead of releasing it, you know, like on a CD, we, what we did is like include a CD inside of the vinyl. So you have to buy the, <laughs> you have to buy the vinyl in order to have the CD. It was cheap anyway, but I mean to buy the album. And uh, yeah, it's this like I guess we've we've done that since the beginning, and even before I was in, a member of the band. You know, when did you guys record the album? This album we started recording it in two thousand. I think it's fall two thousand eighteen. Oh shit! Okay. The thing I mean, we take always we take a you know some t you know a long time to finish the albums uh just because of the way we work you know and we this we have this like diy you know sort of like attitude all along you know all the way in, into the process you know like we record our this this time we record the album ourselves you know we we rented a house in the middle of the country in cantabria you know in the north of spain wow okay and in the middle of nowhere because of course we had to find a place where you know we wouldn't be bothered and we wouldn't bother any, you know anyone so you got this house in Cantabria mm -hmm. and then how long did you guys camp out there oh we were there for five days I think so what we did we just recorded like all the like rhythm section sections mostly drums and bass and some guitars okay you know yeah and uh and uh, we tried some arrangements and we did some stuff, but that was like what we really wanted to like to get out of there, you know. And and we like to record like at the same time and record together, and 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 it was something that we've always wanted to do, you know. Like for a band like us, sort of like a, I mean, we've been the, all the previous albums are recorded in studios, and uh, but you know because of the music we made and the fact that we're just three people and and at the end of the you know we we mix the albums with a with a friend you know who's who mixes it and who produces it with us and so it just you know if we it, having the capabilities to record everything you know why not like instead of spending the money in the studio just have you know do what we did you know and have the experience and and enjoy the time because you know, I don't know. I hate recording in studios, you know, having the, the, the time limit and that pressure and, you know, and the money and all that, you know? Yeah, it's fucking weird, right? So, to be, like, trying to be creative at a moment when there's literally a clock ringing and, like, just euros getting thrown exactly. on the floor. It's terrible. And, you, and, and, and for your whole life, you know you've you know heard or read about like all these albums how they've been produced in studios and how bands have the time to just like be there you know and fuck up and try new things you know and we stay there all night and shit like that and he's like man we have like four hours <laughs> and we have to get out of here you know none of that is happening you know so uh well at least we wanted to have the chance to just like be more relaxed you know and be more chilled and 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 it, it was it was exactly how it how it was it was it was great and the sound of this cabin then is also part of the the album yeah 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 we didn't know how it was all gonna turn out because <laughs> it's not like we chose because obviously there wasn't like much like offer you know what i mean in the houses in the middle of nowhere that they had electricity, you know, because we needed that. Because that was actually like something you have to this think about. This is not and, an uh, acoustic album. Yeah, exactly. And uh, 
So we didn't know how it was going to be, you know, which, you know, you know how it is like in terms of like the echo and all that, but it, we managed and, and that's there. And, and I don't know, this is one of those things like, um, you know, maybe it's just like uh, dumb, but you can, I can tell, you know, some in some songs, like I hear the room. Yeah. You know? Well, you got to feel it, right? I mean, that's, that's part of, you've yeah, made yeah. something that could totally. not be made anywhere else. It is. Yes, this yes. Has got that sweet Cantabrian ring. Um, Definitely. <laughs> all right. What's the name of the album? The al- the name of the album is. Um... <laughs> I'll I'll edit this to make it seem like you know the name of your album. <laughs> and you know, and like like I've like said it so many times. <laughs> Fucking a. Let's take a ten minute break yeah, while you go and. <laughs> learn the name of your recently released album <laughs> no the name the name of the album is uh, siempre te he amado nunca he dejado de quererte toda mi vida es para ti Jesus it's like a Julio Iglesias lyric oh yeah <laughs> well I guess it like it, it's like you know our previous albums are just numbers you know there's like our band name, and then it's number two, and then it's number three, yeah. and and then it's this one. And so when every everyone expected it to be called, you know, like number four. Yeah. Boom. Go. <laughs> I'm going to drop three romantic sentences on your head. All right, yes. say that album title again. Yeah, it's Siempre Te Amado. I Always Loved You. N- yeah, Nunca He Dejado De Quererte. I've Never Stopped caring about you yeah toda mi vida es para ti my entire life is for you jesus you fucking romantics okay now let's like if we we could leave it at that and say like what's up with this dude you know like (laughs) what the fuck is i mean we're all feeling emotional (laughs) these days well yeah the thing is apparently uh this whole thing it's been like written down in like some notebook for like more than 10 years so pedro the singer and main main composer in the band he like knew this was going to be the name the fourth uh fourth uh, album's name like (laughs) forever wow (laughs) and and so don't ask me why i mean i don't know why but it, it like after having your name, like of course you know usually what we would get asked is like why don't you like you know name your albums you know and you know you make sort of like an attitude out of that like well you know whatever blah 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 and then you know and suddenly like doing yeah. this I, now it all makes sense no it's so Pedro uh, tall thin drink of water that he is quiet. <laughs> Very scheming, apparently. Oh, yeah. We're, we're all yeah. just playing according to a script that he wrote many exactly. years ago. You know, what, what will be next? <laughs> hmm, we don't know, but he does. <laughs> when do you want to be playing gigs again? When do you think you will be on stage in front of an audience? Well, you know, like, uh, we obviously, like, m- many bands, obviously, we had some shows already scheduled. That didn't happen, of course. And so I don't know if any of those are going to be rescheduled. But I guess that by the fall, we should be 
uh, playing some shows. Yeah. It'll be happening. Yeah, Do you miss it? Well, that's the best part, I guess, of having a band, you know, <laughs> playing live and, and go places, meet people and, you know, and, 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 and for us, you know, we're a small band and, uh, We've never been like very popular, you know. We've haven't disappointed anyone, but, you know. Because <laughs> like, it's no one to disappoint. But um, uh, we, you know, you get to you manage to meet a lot of people and people that like like your music and 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 there is like a direct contact with that people and they let you know and and that sort of like gives meaning to all this effort you put into doing this, you know and. And, and, and of course, you know, that's the best thing. I mean, you say what you will about popularity or not having fans at this <laughs> point, but your band for me has always just been about very good <laughs> vibes, man. That's exactly right. It's just like a, a great well, sound coming from three lovely humans and just a really good show. So what the fuck? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it, you know, obviously, like, this is nothing, like, uh, you know, surprising, but we do try to have fun and, 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 you know, like people, like, I'm usually, like, smiling when I play, <laughs> you know, like, which is kind of fucking stupid, <laughs> but, but it's like, I'm having a good time, you know, and, um, and, uh, and that's why we do this, you know, and that's why I guess that gets transmitted, you know, when we're playing, you There's know. Nothing so. fucking stupid yeah. about that. I'm setting the record straight. Are you guys going to be rusty? Is this a problem with bands? Like, is everybody going to be rusty? Because y'all have not been practicing uh, together. Right. You have these yes. songs you recorded a long time ago. Is, is it? Yeah. Is it like? Is it going to take a while to get back into that? Well, that um troika sync thing that you guys have <laughs> right 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 it is i guess after all these years playing together like all those things that would take us like maybe i don't know i would say like a week you know to like get in sync and 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 be able to play the songs now it takes like two days yeah you know if we spend like two days together and we play we manage to go back to that at least close to that level of synchronicity or however you want to call it. What's your favorite track on this album? What's the one what's huh. the one that I should put onto this episode? Well, you know, I like uh, Starry Bell, which is the first song, but it's a very long song, Nathan. I don't know if you want to play that song. We're going to play the whole <laughs> it's thing. Like seven, it's like seven minutes Damn. long. Uh, but another song that I really like is uh, La Partida. Right, that's a very short song, <laughs> and uh, that's like more poppy, you know. And it varies at the same time because it's short and it's simple, you know. And 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 we are like, you know, we believe. I think, and I speak for the three of us that uh, that that like less is more, right? And and simple things when you make them right, speak, you know, much more than like complex stuff and 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 like super produced and arranged and everything, you know, and this song is like that. And there's a, actually a funny story about this song, if I can tell you about it. But the fact that it, this is one of those songs that uh, they come, it comes out of a dream, Oh, you know, like, I guess like people who write like 
or are creative have these things happen to them but so Pedro is like we've always talked about these things like you know last night I, I, I dreamed with uh, you know with this song and it was so good you know and now I don't remember it you know that's <laughs> that know, fucking sucks happens. yeah well this song he was like he had this dream like total like non-exciting dream about like him being just being at home and like whatever doing cleaning or whatever and he plays he's has the radio on and he's listening to this song The song is by Yola Tango, yeah. you know, the band. And he's like thinking like, wow, these fuckers, you know, like they're so good. This is so simple. You know, they don't need like anything to make a beautiful song, you know. And of course it was in English, right? And it had like, uh, so he, he like woke up and recorded the, uh, the, what he could remember, you know. And like change the lyrics, and, and I remember when he brought it to the to our practice space, and he's like, you know, I don't know, maybe this is just like nothing. And we, Miguel and I, you know, the bass player, and I, we're like, this is so good, you know, and this is so like exactly like what you thought it was in the dream. It it actually is. It's like simple and pretty and 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 sweet. So what the fuck is actually happening there? Did Yola Tango come to Pedro in a dream and just drop a hit on him? Is that something like we, that? We 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 gotta like run <laughs> I, this by Yola Tango and just be like, dude, did you th- do this? That, that's what I thought. Actually, I, I thought like we should like send it to them and like allow them to do it in English. But if to me, it totally sounds like one of their so, like like you know have, they have these like mellow like really chill like mellow simple songs sometimes you know, and this sort of like touches that vibe. That's amazing. Well, maybe that's a maybe yeah. that's how music is gonna work in the lockdown. It's just like different bands are gonna be visiting, you know, <laughs> other bands in their dreams to like deliver some fucking some big songs man some really sweet There's sounds this new level of conscience you know out there that's what's gonna that's what's gonna save us Nathan. global collective subconscious here we go that's a beautiful metaphor right there yes all right carlos yeah good to talk to you bueno nathan you too you too take care Besos. Aaron Firestein is an American artist living in Colombia. He has been watching, as we all have, the unfolding American shitstorm, but also doing his part, designing merch to raise money for social justice causes back here in the States. He talked to me from his home in Bogota some weeks ago, and the COVID numbers there have risen quickly just in the past few days, but they still have about a quarter of the United States' rate of infection. So, as they say... Let's make America Colombia again. Here's Aaron. You are in Bogota, Colombia. What what is the feeling down there? So, you know, I've been having a lot of conversations obviously with uh, a lot of people that are obviously back in the states and then, you know, other other friends that are in uh, you know, other countries and 
basically what I, I always end up coming back to is, man, I'm really happy that I'm here. Um, it has been trying, obviously, but the strictness of the, of the government policies um, regarding um, quarantining and curfews and social distancing and all that stuff it was put into effect pretty early on. Uh, borders were closed pretty early on. Flights were inbound and outbound flights were, were banned per, pretty early on. Yeah, is there something about Colombia that makes you think they started taking it, they were wired to take it more serious? I mean, it's a country that knows from states of emergency, I guess. Yeah, no, it's an interesting question because before I, I I remember actually we had a a bunch of a bunch of friends got together uh, we got together for dinner right before I guess you know like the red alert you know really sort of was was sounded here so you know we knew that this was going on but it it, it hadn't gone into full lockdown yet and the Colombians had a very very negative outlook on how the response would be if it hit here. Uh, they were very worried because, yes, they, they do have a strong, um, you know, sort of ex- a lot of experience having to do with like armed conflict and, and stuff like that, but pandemics have never really reached uh, this country before. And so it was, it was a big sort of like, you know, question mark as to, Wow, how how is this going to go down? Especially when there's a a president in office now who's extremely inexperienced, who's got very questionable motives about a lot of the things he's he's done in the past, having to do with the peace process and things like this. And then you know what he's doing, um, you know what he what he was doing uh, in regards to very conservative policies around you know economics and whatever um so people were quite worried that this mm-hmm. guy just based on the fact that he he's such a you know he's coming in so green um that that combined with the fact that he's just not really a very popular guy here um was very concerning on the flip side uh bogota in uh january had the inauguration for a new mayor so this is just bogota specifically a new mayor who's a, uh, you know, a very, very competent, um, like, just very, you know, she's a technocrat. She, she's a graduate of SIPA at Columbia University. I mean, she's like a very intellectual, academic, just very, like, reasonable person. And so her her huh. being in... Pa- in government, you yeah, said. Yeah, she, and, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? She's, you know, the first lesbian mayor of Bogota. She rides her bike to work. Like, I mean, she's just this awesome, very sort of, like, progressive, but super, just, like, smart person. And there, I think because she was recently, you know, brought into office, even though she also is a newbie, as far as, like, she, I mean, she just got inaugurated in January. Um there was a lot more confidence in how the situation would be specifically in Bogota because of her and her administration, not so much the president. It's sort of similar to the U.S., right, where the president is sort of like this, you know, figurehead that doesn't really do much, and the governors are the ones, you know, taking control. It's it's, it's sort of a similar vibe here. How long have you been down there in Colombia now? So I've been living here full-time for uh, nearly three years. Um, I've, I've been actively coming here 
Well, so I met my wife, who's from here, in 2010, uh, and I first came here in 2010, and basically from 2010 through now, I've, I've been coming, you know, for a long time, but full-time, full-time, uh, about three years now. Has any of this changed your calculation, you and your your wife, about a possible return to the States or long-term planning? Yeah. It, Is it too early to tell? No, it's really interesting. So the first, the first sort of you know conversation about that that we that we had was you know well before coronavirus and 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 again just to give you some context i mean she she um has dual citizenship she lived in the her family you know in the 90s they left colombia and they settled in new jersey so she she she's colombian but has you know lived 10 11 12 years in the states so is you know speaks accentless you know fluent english and um you know, so is is very Colombian, but also is you know some culturally is 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 also you know uh, American, and th- there's always been talk of like yeah at some point we should move back. You know there might be um, uh, I mean for job job purposes or whatever. Colombia is fantastic, but it obviously has you know very high dis- rates of poverty, and it's you know it's it's still developing, right? And there's it's 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 way more than more way more developed than most people realize when they first come here, but it's not the states. But you know, it, it's funny, especially as you know, you think about having kids and things like that. It's you know, see you, you read about school shootings, and it's like, well, that never happens here. We don't ever have to be right. scared of that, um, you know. And and then you have you know just that that the. the cost of everything there is, is so high and so long story short it's definitely an 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 idea that you know at some point we probably will but it would need to happen likely for a uh, a very specific reason you know either to be spend more time with family or there's a specific job opportunity otherwise we're sort of you know got a great thing here we're writing it out especially with this with this epidemic or this pandemic, um, you know, uh, I think, and especially if the the you know the next election does not go in the way that it absolutely has to go, that's going to definitely delay uh, any thought of moving <laughs> back to the states. You had mentioned uh, the idea of having children eventually, sometime. I mean, do you do you envision them being Colombians, uh, being Americans, being equal parts both yeah i mean i think equal parts both i mean this is another another great reason to not be in the u.s is is healthcare here is cheap <laughs> it's cheap oh shit yeah it's cheap and it's super high quality so that aspect obviously is great maternity leave policies actually exist here <laughs> these kinds of things are like are, are huge bonuses especially if you know if, if you have a a, a kid in the mix you you know you want as much help as possible and that kind of thing in the states i mean i can't i can't imagine you know i mean daycare you can't even afford and all these things you can't afford so that that you know for the early stages of the life that's sort of how we've been going about it is like when they're a baby it it makes so much more sense to do that part here and then you know it you're a more more you know open to to going other places but that kind of stuff is is priceless, I think, to be able to 
have you know have help and and be able to you know keep your life um as close to how it was beforehand than than after you know uh without breaking that, the bank i guess right that will sort of set the stage for the question 30 years down the road of where they're from and <laughs> who they belong to and totally. who they represent um totally but uh yeah, I can in the in the cinematic screenplay version of this, they come back from Colombia and uh, bring all of these wondrous things like uh, f- cheap health care and great maternity leave uh, <laughs> back yeah. back to well, your native country. Yes, exactly. There's expectations. A, exactly. There's a great uh, there's a great documentary that I, I I recommend to everybody if they haven't seen it called Where to Invade Next that Michael Moore did. That okay. is, uh, it's 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 about him. He goes all over the world, um, effectively in a very sort of cheeky way. He he goes around the world to instead of stealing resources, as our military has done, you know, over over centuries, he goes to steal good ideas, and huh. so it's it's fantastic. So like in Italy, he he focuses on vacation policy. Um, in uh, France, he focuses on nutrition. And like how in in French public schools, lunchtime is actually a class. It's a nutrition class. The idea being that instead of blood for oil, it's, uh, you know, it, it would be like blood for, um, you know, universal suffrage. <laughs> or, right, exactly. Listen, uh, thank you so much for the time. And uh, I, I hope you, you will return uh, at some point. You or your, your brethren with, uh, with some of those good Colombian ideas. <laughs> The Trip from Roads and Kingdoms is hosted by me, Nathan Thornburg. Theme music by Dan the Automator, show artwork by Adele Rodriguez. Executive producers are me and Matt Goulding, also of Roads and Kingdoms. Special thanks to Como Vivir en el Campo. They are Pedro Arranz on vocals, Miguel Breñas on bass, Carlos Barros on drums. You can buy their new album at cveec.bandcamp.com That's Charlie, Victor, Echo, Echo, Charlie, dot bandcamp, dot com. As a reminder, these episodes are now free and available on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The good news about this show that I teased up top, we just signed on with an ad network, which will help bring our entire archive soon onto public platforms like Apple or Stitcher. So after a hiatus, while we were sorting that out, we're back with a regular new schedule. New episodes every other Monday, every two weeks. The next episode is a great one, worth the wait, I think. All about the life and legacy of the marvelous and much-missed young journalist and traveler, Kim Ball. Look for it on Monday, July 27th, Year of Our Lord, 2020. We will meet you there.